Get the new Donkey Kong 64 bundle with the Banana Yellow Game Pack and the new Jungle Green N64 console. It's got a Jungle Green controller and comes with the... Or see what we can say. We will walk through walls. We will take a look around us. We will not be confined. We believe in the path of least limits. We won't be told how to view the world. We will experience true freedom. We will not compromise. We will live the game through our hands. We will be in control of something. Change. 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 We will change the system. Yeah. Ferret 64 with your host, Yummy the Ferret. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ferret 64 with me, your host, Yummy the Ferret. How's it going, everyone? I hope you had a lovely week. If you didn't see, there isn't bon- there is a bonus episode of Ferret 64 out now that features Greedy Waffles and Nomad Eric. We went ahead and went through all 32 teams in the NFL. If you want to check that out, it is available. It is a little bit lengthy, um, so I don't mind if you just you know skip through and try and find your favorite team. That's all right. Um, that's I, I I don't mind. It, it is a bit lengthy, but it was a lot of fun, and I do appreciate them doing that with me. All right, um, let's go ahead and start off today with what have I been playing this past week. And I think the first thing that I want to talk about is Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Oh, man. So I streamed my first impressions of this game. Uh, We got uh, to the pirate levels. And let me just say that this game is incredibly well done so far. Uh, We've played through a good amount of levels, and each one has a good amount of variance in them. There's like... You know, like, like, just as an example, like, the first level starts off with, you know, a kind of linear path you go on, then there's ropes that you slide on, then there's ropes that you... It's, it's, every level seems to just be taking the Crash Bandicoot formula and perfect, and, like, building on top of it. I shouldn't say perfecting it, but building on top of it. Um, there's points in levels where it's, like, you're looking towards the rest, you know, like, this area, and you can see, like, the level and what you're going to be jumping on and stuff like that it's really cool you gotta see it to believe it um it, it the graphics in the game are are really nicely done too like everything just looks so polished and i love how everything looks it's still cartoony and oh my gosh the designs of the characters are really good as well um there's also these retro stages which are like challenge stages um, that are really fun to do as well, and it gives a little bit more backstory to Crash Bandicoot and Dr. Neo Cortex. Um, there's, like I mentioned already, there's a- other characters you can play as. So, Tawana is the, one of the new characters you can play as, and her moves are pretty different from Crash Bandicoot. She has a kick, and like she can use that rope thing to destroy boxes and, and, and kill enemies from farther away. And it really changes up the game for sure. I can't wait until I find a, a, a Dr. Neo Cortex level. And then there's also levels that you unlock as you uh, get these new characters that can that you go back and do other levels. And essentially it shows you what they were doing during that level to either help you or, or whatever. And it was really interesting. I did one of them and, you know, it started off and, and like at the middle point you switched over to the crash bandicoot level and kind of showed what she did and, and how it affected the, the level and it was really really fun um there are some nods to other crash bandicoot games like there are these um spike balls that you get into and you kind of roll around it's not like wrath of cortex but it's kind of like a nod to wrath of cortex because that one had a lot of those like ball levels um and I thought that was a nice thing to do because this game is essentially deleting the entire canon after, you know, pretty much from Wrath of Cortex onward. Um, so Twin Sanity and, and um, oh, what was the other one? The, the one where you, like, crash turned into, like, monsters or whatever, tag team or whatever. Um, those are all been expunged from the canon. Um, I don't, actually, I don't know if that's official, but, I mean, calling this one Crash 4 when Wrath of Cortex was technically Crash 4... 
It kind of seems like to me that uh, they're deleting that canon, which is okay. I mean, anything past Wrath of Cortex wasn't like the most amazing games ever. Um, but of course, I I would have to go and replay a bunch of them in order to remember the the true. I remember I remember Wrath of Cortex, Twin Sanity though. I remember that being like a I don't know, really different type game. I don't know. Anyways, back to Crash Four. Um. The levels are really well designed. Uh, they, they take some of the elements from the old games and, and mix in some of the newer elements. The The first mask, mask that you used, you could change dimensions. So, you know, while you're platforming, you have to press R2 to, or RT if you're playing an Xbox to um, change dimensions so different platforms show up, um, different boxes and stuff show up. Show up. <laughs> <laughs> and it adds an extra layer of challenge to the game that I think has been was missing from like the Insane Trilogy or something like that. Like the Insane Trilogy, you know, it was fun and I loved it to death and I will always love the original Crash games. But the games they do kind of all go about the same way. There's a few bonus, you know, extra levels in there that are really fun and they they just they have their place in history and I think that this game Crash 4 really builds on top of that original trilogy and adds things to uh, the game that really makes this one unique and worth playing in my eyes. Um, if you if you're not a fan of Crash Bandicoot, this one might get you into the series because it's it's got enough Crash Bandicoot flair, but a bunch like so much new has been added. It really just like I said, it just it just adds a, a new layer to these Crash Bandicoot games. Um, so far, uh, they they've been a they I, I have had a, a few challenges while going through some of the levels. Um, but the main thing that you're trying to do in Crash Bandicoot one, you want to make it to the end of the level, obviously, right? But there's gems you need to collect, and they actually like tripled the amount of gems that you collect in each level. So there's a gem for twenty percent of Wumpa fruit, forty percent of Wumpa fruit, and or no, there's it's it's forty percent of Wumpa fruit. 60% and 80% of Wumpa Fruit collected in the level in order to get three different gems, which you've never had to specifically collect Wumpa Fruit other than to get an extra life. In this game, it is actually worth something to grab all the Wumpa Fruit you can. You can't spin away Wumpa Fruit anymore, so that's a nice thing. You still get one for collecting all the boxes or destroying all the boxes, um, and I think that... Um, you know, the box placement is, isn't, like, all that challenging, but there are still times where it's like, I'm missing one box, and I can't find that box, and I've been through the level three times, and there's no way to find this box. Also, there's a new gem for not dying more than three times going through a level, so you can die a maximum of three, uh, and that'll give you a, a gem. And then there's all there's a hidden gem in every single level that you can find as well. So right there, that's 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 all the gems that you can get. Uh, it should be, did I say, there should be six, right? So there's the three gems for the Wumpa Fruit, the Box Gem, the No Deaths, and the Hidden Gem. So yeah, that's six, that's six right there. And getting all six gems will give you a new outfit for either Crash or Coco. And the, the, the skins are really, really nice looking. They're really, they're really cool. I just got this one called, like, Le Artiste. And it's a uh, Crash wearing like an artist's outfit, and he has like a mustache, and it's really funny looking. There was another one that had made him kind of steampunkish, which was kind of cool. Um, there's one where he dresses up as um, Engine, and that was really funny. And Coco has Coco pretty much has all the same outfits except design for her. They do have differences as well, of course. Um, if you pre-order the game, there's a good amount of costumes, like four costumes that are unlocked from the get-go, and they're all relatively fun. I I I, I don't have uh, any qualms with them. Uh, I don't think the bonus characters have extra costumes, but I didn't. I haven't really looked into them yet. So far, it's only been the two different characters. Uh, the boss fight that I did it was also really fun, going against Engine and his drum machine. Uh, that was a pretty fun level. Um, had a lot of had a lot of platforming elements, but it also combined some of the newer stuff as well, like the mask, the change dimensions. Um, I, I was hoping that there'd be something to do like on the drums themselves, but instead, you kind of you know, just stay at the bottom and dodge energy blasts. I mean, what what else is there to say about this game? I'm I'm just I'm really having a fun time with it, and I think that it's chock full of a bunch of replayability and and fun mechanics and levels. The levels aren't like short little one off levels. Like there's they they, they I mean they go for a while, um, and it adds a little bit to the challenge of not dying or or collecting everything. 
Um, I, I, I'm just really, really happy with how this game is, is playing right now. And as I play more of it, of course, I'll, I'll let you guys know if my opinion changes. But so far, I mean, this is, this is probably one of my favorite games that I've played this year. And I really haven't played a large amount of games this year, especially the big titles like Ghost of Tsushima and Last of Us. I, I just haven't gotten far in them. Marvel's Avengers, another one of those games where I like started and I, I just, I have not gotten back to because I've just been a little bit frustrated with it. And I, I, I've been playing more so those games that are like, they're small, they're smaller, um, they're not like big budget, you know, huge games like Man Eater and Zombie Army and stuff like that. And this game, Crash Bandicoot, like they're, they're just, they're kind of, they're more laid back. They're, they're, I, I think that's just how I'm feeling this year on the video game front. I, I don't want to invest thousands of hours into a game, um, it, because I don't know, I just, I just, I'm not feeling it this year. Even though I've tried, I've tried, I just can't seem to get myself to play a game for more than a few hours before turning it off. And then sometimes, if you turn it off and you don't go back to it, then oh well, I guess Ghost no, like like go like like Ghost of Tsushima. Like how am I gonna? How am I supposed to go back to that game after being away from it for a few months now? Right. Um, it's same thing. I mean, I guess not really the same thing with with Last of Us Part Two, but um, you know, it's it's just one of those things where it's like I I want to play these games for sure, and uh, I just don't have the I just don't have the I don't know if I it's not that I don't have the time. It's that I just don't have like the ins, like the inspiration to play them. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, so when Cyberpunk 2077 comes out, this might change my mind because that one kind of seems more as my style of, of a game that I want to invest a lot of time into. But for right now, I'm just kind of playing the, the smaller games and I'm going to try and get back to like The Last of Us and stuff like that, um, before the year's out. So at least I, my, uh, top 10 list can be at least a little bit more accurate than what it's probably going to be right now. But, uh, you know, uh, that's a wait and see type thing. So, so far right now, I would recommend anyone who is a fan of platformers, Crash Bandicoot, etc., etc., to go ahead and grab Crash 4. It's about time. If you're waiting for a sale, I understand why, but me personally, I like to buy these games uh, to support the developers, and um, I, I like, I like the, I mean, this, it was, a, it was a, it was a well, it's good purchase, good purchase. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with it and, uh, I'm excited to play more of it. Um, hopefully I'll be able to play more of it this weekend. Um, Star Wars, Ro uh, Star Wars Squadrons came out. I have not picked it up yet. I was going to pick it up yesterday and all the stores closed early <laughs> on, a, on a Friday night. I know it's kind of weird. So maybe I'll be talking about that next week. Um, I also played the Blair Witch actually today, the day that I'm recording this, um, the Blair Witch game, I played that, we beat it in 4 hours and 20 minutes, and I was really disappointed at the end. It started off really interesting. I think I really liked the mechanics with the dog and stuff like that, but they were never utilized to their full potential, I don't think. And I feel like there, were, there weren't enough parts in the game that were like the the lead up to the sawmill where you're looking for the parts and you're trying to get the steam donkey working. There wasn't enough of that in the game. And I feel like they could have really lengthened the game and given it a little bit more to it than what it is. Um, I, cause I was really enjoying it up until the end of the game. I felt like as, as soon as you get past the fog and you go inside the, the Blair Witch house, I just feel like the game really falls apart right there. And it's trying to do something, and I just don't think it's very effective, at least in my opinion. Um, there were so many parts in the game where you're just kind of walking in circles, and slight things are changing every time. And you just kind of keep going around and around in a circle, and you get slower and slower. And it's like, <sighs> you could change this just a little bit. I did like some of the things they did at the end. Like, there was a part where you couldn't look at the... Um, at the uh, dude who's chasing you, the monster. Um, and he had to, like, follow these clues on the ground to get away from them. Uh, and then there was also a part where the witch was trying to turn you around and make uh, you look at her. And I thought that was a pretty fun part in the game, a little bit intense. But for the most part, I didn't feel like this game was that scary. It wasn't really horror to me. I mean, there was a good... There was a few moments where, yeah, it was a loud noise and it jump scared me. But for the most part, I was just kind of go, kind of going through it like a normal game. I think the most intense part of the game was the fog. Other than that, I really wasn't feeling it. The encounters with the enemies were short and far and in between. Like I said, I think there really need to be more areas like the the lead up to the sawmill and even the sawmill itself where, you know, you're solving basic puzzles and you're trying to find specific parts and the lore is building and stuff like that. 
Uh, I just f I, I also feel like the dog was very underused in this game. Um, yes, it did find a few things for you, and yes, you could do interact with it and stuff like that, but for the most part, the, the dog was like second in the game to anything else that was going on. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I, really, I, I like, like I said, like half the game I feel like is really good, but the parts that are bad about the game really drag it down. I think I gotta put this one in the C tier, cat, the cat tier. Um, because I feel like there's so much lost potential when you're playing this game, and it's really unfortunate because I was really digging it for a little while, and then the the ending came around, and I just wasn't feeling it. And to beat the game in one Saturday stream, I mean, usually we do stream for about four or five hours anyways, but to beat it in one stream is kind of disappointing to me personally because I really wanted an experience, you know, the Blair Witch experience, but instead you get the Blair Witch micro penis you know i i don't know how else to say it um if you're a fan of the movies uh you may like some of the homages they do in the video game especially to the first movie um but this game also for some reason steals a lot of things from other horror genre tropes um and also uh if you don't know what this movie is it's called the ritual and there's a lot of imagery that is kind of taken out of that movie it's on netflix exclusive um, if you want to watch that and play it, or if you have played the game, if you go and watch that, you'll see that the ritual movie just seems to take a, or not uh, the ritual, the, the, the Blair Witch game seems to take a lot from the imagery in that game. And it's, that kind of put me off for it for sure. Um, and there's a few other, you know, tropes in this game that just are a little bit too played out. You know, it's like, I, I could predict the ending all the way from like the middle point of the game. Like, there was no... There was no real mystery about this, you know? Um, other than that, uh, the graphics were pretty nice. I had to put my graphics down to, like, 30 FPS for the game to run smoothly on my Streamlabs for some reason, even though it's graded to go at 60 FPS, but it was really, really blockier for whatever reason, jittery. So I, I, just, I just put it down. Uh, other than that, the graphics do look pretty nice. The Force itself is is really well designed um especially when you're using the flashlight i feel like it really makes things a little bit more creepy forests at night are creepy like let's let's be honest um uh other than that i mean the sound design was pretty good um and i like the little phone games you could play there was like three separate phone games you could play and you can also like prank call a pizza place well not really prank ball but you could call up like a pizza place and stuff like that there are some interesting things you could do with the phone uh the walkie talkie was pretty basic but um, yeah, I think that, uh, I think I can't really recommend this one, but if you're interested in it, it is on the Xbox Game Pass for free. So, yeah, go ahead and, and see if, if it suits you. Uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend spending, like, the full price for this game. If you're gonna pick it up, just grab it on, like, a huge sale for, like, ten bucks, or, like I said, just get it for free on the Xbox Game Pass. And we also finished, um... What's the game called? We also finished Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. I don't think I even started talking about this last week because I talked about Dead Space 2, right? Um, but Resident Evil 7 Biohazard uh, was everything that the Blair Witch wasn't, um, pretty much. I really enjoyed uh, the game. Um, I put it in A tier. We played the free DLC as well, which was pretty good, and... Uh, Shinobi Nando, uh, gave me a link to the season pass that's on sale, which I probably will pick up, um, because I want to see what else it has to offer. But the main game itself is really cool. It's, it's, I mean, people, I was, I mean, people were pretty, um, you know, it's a first person perspective. Like, oh, how is it going to be Resident Evil in first person? It works really, really well. Um, it has that same Resident Evil feel where you're trying to conserve ammo and, and use the least amount of bullets you can to kill guys. And, you know, there's still that horror element in there. Yeah, there were a few jump scares in there, but I think they were kind of justified because the rest of the game was still kind of unnerving. Um, the, the evolution of the story was really, really good, too. I think the game just stumbled at the end with the ship and the choice that you could make in there, and I feel like the whole ship segment with Mia was really tedious and boring, um, and then I think that the final boss fight was also just kind of weird, you know, it didn't really fit the rest of the game, but, uh, that's, that, that's alright, there, there's, there's smaller things that I'm, that I, that I think of. 
for a game that came out early PS4, it also still has really impressive graphics. Um, I played the VR version of this game, and I kind of complained about the facial animation and stuff like that. And even though you can still kind of, you know, see how the facial stuff is not the best, um, I do think that the the game the game really holds up well graphically for however old this game is now. I, I think it's a few years old now. And just how graphics have developed since then, it's, it's kind of crazy. So this makes me really, really even more excited for Resident Evil 8. And uh, hopefully I'll be playing that when it comes out. Uh, for right now, Resident Evil 7 is definitely one that I would recommend for Resident Evil fans or horror fans. It is an FPS, so it's well, maybe it's a little bit more... Um, maybe it's a little bit more uh, accessible to people who don't like you know, third-person horror games or horror games in general. You might You may find yourself enjoying this one. Alright, so let's go ahead and get into the news for the week. This is news covering, this is news being covered between um, today, which is October 3rd, and September 27th. Uh, that's that's when this one is covering between. Uh, I guess the biggest news to talk about today is that Minecraft Steve is going to be coming to Smash Brothers on October 13th. There was a big reveal, and everyone gasped, and people complained, and people praised, and yeah, there's a lot of mixed results on this one. Um, I was talking to someone on Twitter, and they're like, well, I guess I'm uninstalling Smash Brothers now, and it's like, why are you uninstalling Smash Brothers for one character being in the game? It makes no sense. No, I'm not a huge fan of Minecraft Steve, and I'm not a huge fan of Minecraft in general. But I, I can appreciate the impact that the game has on the gaming landscape. And I think it deserves a spot in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, even though, you know, it's, it's just Steve. He's just like an avatar, you know. But also, arriving into Smash Bros., there was different skins for Steve. So you could be Alex, who is the female version of Steve. Zombie and Enderman, you can wear those skins as well. Uh, so, uh... Sak is it Sakurai? Yes. Sakurai was talking about how difficult it was to get uh, Minecraft Steve to work in the game. They, they essentially had to rework every single Smash Brothers, um, Smash Brothers level in order to get his mechanics to work. He has, like, block building. Uh, he can build them underneath him. Uh, he has throw lava. He throws lava. There's a minecart thing he does. Um, where you can ride in the minecart, which might be, might be like a dash ability or something like that. Uh, of course, he has like the bow and the sword and stuff like that. Um, and he said it was really difficult to get him to work in the game, but he's pretty proud with himself. Um, this is obvious. This is something that's been cooking for at least a few years in the Smash Brothers. Um, for Smash Brothers, and uh, yeah, I guess I guess he kept saying no, and finally Nintendo was like yes. And he, they started to choke him. So you could get it. Uh, you can get the fighter individually for about five dollars, uh, or you can get the fighter pass volume two for about thirty dollars, um, which will make Steve the seventh DLC fighter to be added to the game, excluding Piranha Plant, who was a pre-order bonus. The full song list of Minecraft songs have been revealed. There's seven tracks in total. Uh, Halland, Dalarna, Earth Clockwork Crafter, Toys on a Tear, Dance of the Blocks, uh, or that's Tear, Toys on a Tear, Dance of the Blocks, Glide, and the Arc Illager. There's seven tracks in total. All of them are new arrangements. Um, unfortunately, the team wasn't able to include original Minecraft tracks. Uh, the full explanation is we unfortunately weren't able to include music from the original game. Of course, since this is such a frenetic game, it would be next to impossible to make the tracks from the original game work in that context. It would it would it would make players relax. Instead, we've selected several tracks from spin-offs and mini games that will work in context will work in the context of a fighting game. Um, so. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. It looks like most of the DLC songs have been taken from Minecraft Dungeons and the remote mobile game Minecraft Earth, uh, which is kind of weird, but, uh, you know, uh, I guess it's, it's true. I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I think that they at least could have had, like, the opening theme music play, you know, something like that. I don't know. 
I guess you kind of do need something bombastic for a fighting game of this caliber, but... You know, I'm sure there's a few people who are complaining about that. And finally, uh, with the Smash Brothers Steve news, um, Smash Brothers Ultimate has a new stage for Minecraft World. It's going to feature six different biomes. So there's going to be Plains, which is kind of just like the regular Minecraft area. Uh, there's going to be Birch Forest, which is something that has, you know, it's trees and everything everywhere. Savannah, which is, of course, I don't I don't need to explain these things to you guys. There's Tiaga. Tiaga? And Snowy Tundra and Stone Shore. All these, um, I believe all these stages kind of build together uh, through the dynamics of the stage. And you'll go to each different area as you battle, which is pretty, pretty sweet. Um, so yeah, uh, Minecraft World. The Minecraft forces are in there. Um, I know, like, I know what people, I know, I, I've been reading what people are saying about this. And it's like... If you really care that much about Minecraft being in Smash Brothers, I th it, it really doesn't matter in the long scheme, in the, in the scheme of things, in the grand scheme of things. Yes, yeah, Steve is in Super Smash Brothers. Wow, I, I can't believe it. I'm, I'm so, f I'm so fed up with this world. <laughs> it really, I don't think it really makes it. I mean, yeah, you're gonna have a character who's maybe overpowered for the first like month of him being out, just like any other DLC character. And yeah, maybe his moves will be only, you know, will be only accessible to people who yeah, really train with him hard. Whatever. You know, it's the same with any character, really. Um, I don't, I like, I, 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 just, I don't find a way to complain about this. It's just like, it's something that we all kind of knew was going to happen. Um, there were parodies of it, of course, and people maybe didn't want this to happen, but come on. It, it was a shoo-in that happened because Minecraft is so huge and it's been pretty big on Nintendo systems as well. Meh. And with the new Xbox uh, partnership with Nintendo, I mean, it was, yeah, it was a shoe in to get in. Next will be Doom Guy, right? Or Master Chief? Yeah. Anyways, new Amiibos for Smash Brothers are coming soon. There's going to be three new ones. Banjo-Kazooie, Baileth, Baileth, and Terry Bogard are coming, and they're planned to release in 2021. Banjo-Kazooie's it looks pretty good. He has like a jiggy under his foot and he's climbing over it with uh, Kazooie on his back. Bayleth, or Byleth, I'm not sure which one it is, uh, looks like he's coating his sword in fire. And then also Terry is coming out. He just looks like Terry. Nothing really super incredible there. The Amiibo figures, three of them included Terry Bogard, are now in development. Oh, including Terry Bogard are now in development. Their release is planned for 2021, so we hope you can be patient with us. Um, Banjo-Kazooie, this is a rare prototype, which was sent to my home. It's amazing. I think the official 3D model for Banjo-Kazooie is being made by Nintendo. So this is the prototype that I'm looking at, but they do look pretty good, um, all things considered. Uh, and I like how the Banjo-Kazooie one looks, and I'll probably be picking up that Banjo-Kazooie one just to add to my, you know collection of Banjo-Kazooie stuff that I have. And finally, with Smash Brother news, Bomberman, Travis Touchdown, Creeper, and more are joining the fight in Smash Brothers as me Fighter costumes. So, you have some Minecraft ones. You have Creeper, who is for a brawler. You have Pig, who is also for a brawler. And then you have Diamond Armor, which is for a sword fighter. You have the Tower of Drauga, Gil, He's a sword fighter in me, uh, me, uh, me outfit. You also have Bomberman, which is the classic Bomberman. He is going to be a brawler. You have the Travis from No More Heroes, who is going to be a sword fighter. He even has his unique beam sword thingamajig, um, which is interesting because people were expecting them to actually add Travis as a playable Smash character with his own unique skills, but I guess this is something. Um, the Mii outfits are all going to be available for $0.75 cents each on October 13th, which is the same day as Steve as Alex. Um, they are standalone purchases that are not included with the Fighter Pass for some reason. So uh, if you play as the Mii characters or if you just want these costumes in the game, there you go. Uh, I think the I think the Travis one is just is the most odd out of all these ones because I felt like he could have been a character and even Bomberman I feel like Bomberman could have been his own character as well. It's weird that they I mean I guess it's still representation. It's like the Cuphead guys being in there, you know. Uh, they have representation in the game because they are big games and people have been waiting for something and I guess this is what they're gonna get.
Okie dokie, Super Mario Bros. 35 is now available on the Nintendo Switch, and it's playable until the 31st of March 2021, if you don't recall. Um, so, Mario 35 is Tetris 99 in the style of Mario, where when you beat an enemy, you send them to the level that the person is playing in a different game. Um... So you kill enemies, you get you get coins, you try and get through the levels as fast as you can. Eventually, there'll be one person left standing. You'll face off against 34 other players to beat the last to beat the last Mario standing or running. Super Mario 35 is out now on Nintendo Switch for um, Nintendo Online subscribers. Uh, so to celebrate the launch, they're hosting a special battle event in the game. Uh, test out your platforming skills on a limited selection of courses from Worlds 1 and 2 in Super Mario 35's first special battle event running until the 4th of October. That's really soon. Uh, keep in mind, this is another limited time release from Nintendo, so they will be pulling it off of the Switch store uh, on the 31st of March, which is really weird to me. I feel like they should keep this one around, just like Tetris 99 has been around, but what do I know? People are also saying that, yes, this is a complete ripoff from the Super Mario Battle Royale game. No, it's not. Please look into it just a little bit clo- a little bit more. It's a, a completely different experience from that Battle Royale Mario game, and I played a little bit of it. it. I mean, that game had all the Marios on the same screen. This one does not. You send enemies to the other players' games. You can pick through a variety of levels as you unlock them. Just look into it just a little bit more, please. Just do that for me. Do that for me. Will you do that for me? Thank you. All right. Also, um... Capcom has revealed Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, which is going to be a new anime Netflix series, which is arriving in 2021. It's officially was revealed at the Tokyo Game Show. Uh, Resident Evil Infinite Darkness is a new CG anime series. It's coming to Netflix in 2021. The trailer doesn't really show off much, of course. It just shows the Netflix logo, and it shows how the characters look in the game. So you have Jill... And uh, Leon kind of going into a spooky house and Leon accidentally breaks something and then, you know, they show like a few flashes of some zombies and stuff like that. No action or anything like that. Um, it's, it is definitely looking to be like it's going to be something cool. It's going to be worth watching if you're a fan of Resident Evil. Um, this was rumored for a little while, uh, ever since the 2019 remake of Resident Evil 2 came out. Um, and now it's officially been... Uh, officially been announced by Capcom themselves. It was originally uh, leaked on Netflix Portugal's Twitter account, and it was taken down very quickly with a brief clip showing uh, showing the uh, showing like a snippet of the trailer. Um, and then they they got that taken down real fast, and now they have the official reveal. Of course, during the Tokyo Game Show. If you want to check that out, just go over to the Capcom USA YouTube channel. All right, let's talk about PlayStation Plus games for October 2020. These games are going to be available on the first Tuesday in October, which is the 6th. Let's see what they got. So coming to us is Vampire, which is like an RPG game of, of where you play as a vampire. And then, of course, uh, Need for Speed Payback. You know, obviously, uh, of course, Need for Speed Payback, the spookiest game. Need for Speed Payback came before the Miami, the Miami Heat game, is that what it's called? I don't remember. What's that Need for Speed newest one? Need for Speed Miami. Need for Speed, um, hot. Heat, Heat. That's what it's called, Heat. This is the game that came out before Heat, but after Rivals, okay? Um, essentially, uh, Need for Speed Payback is a real-world example of microtransactions gone wrong. <laughs> It's an open world racer, and the game's uh, the game is average. But when paired with the baffling bad progression system, it's frankly an embarrassment. It's scary to think that publishers are quite literally sh- sabotaging their own games in pursuit of a bonus buck these days. That's from the uh, review of Need for Speed Payback on PushSquare.com. That is hilarious. Then also, um, Vampire. I think, I mean, you may want to try out Vampire. Uh, it's very narrative-driven, and it's got some interesting uh, elements for combat, but I did not have a good time with it when I played it. It's D-tier for me. Um, it has some interesting things going for it, but in the end, the game forces you down the path of evil because if you try and do these boss fights with an under-leveled character like you will have if you don't suck the blood out of every single person you find, 
well, you're going to have a tough time like I did until I finally just gave up and said, fine, I'm killing everyone. And I just kind of, I did that. I did just that. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's not the best thing. I think there's some interesting mechanics in there, but for the most part, it's just like, eh, if you want to try that out, you can try it out for free now. And then Need for Speed Payback, just as this article said, I think it's, I think it's very mediocre. I've only seen gameplay footage of it. I didn't go and buy it myself, but I think this is probably one of the worst PlayStation Plus October months. Uh, you got nothing that interesting, in, in, especially for like the month of horror games. We got vamp, you know, Vampire? Come on. I mean, Vampire and something else horror-related would be good, but just Vampire and Need for Speed, that's kind of weird. Last year they gave you, uh, they gave us all amnesia with both, uh, with the DLC included. That's, that's, uh, that was awesome. That was great. And this year, vampire. So I guess, uh, if you want to, you can add those to your library and play them whenever you want. If you're, if you're a member of PlayStation Plus, um, don't forget that, uh, there's a good chunk of games coming for PlayStation Plus players on the PS5 that won't be available to be free on the PS4. Just a reminder. Let's all let's let's switch gears in the Xbox Game Pass. What's coming in Xbox Game Pass in the near future? This is coming to Android console and PC. Well, there's a there's one Bethesda game in here that you may want to open your eyes about because Doom Eternal is going to be free on Android and console on the Xbox Game Pass, which is the first free Bethesda game on there, I believe. Uh, also, you're going to be getting Forza Motorsport 7 for all three, console, Android, and PC. Brutal Legend from Double Fine Studios is coming to console exclusively. Um, I played that recently. It's a it's a fun little romp that doesn't do enough, and it's very short. Um, there's some things in there that I wasn't really uh, a fan of. Also, on PC exclusively, you're getting Drake Hollow, which is the open-world crafting-type game. And uh, then also Inkfell. Inkenfell? I'm not sure what Inkenfell is, but that's coming to console and PC. Let's take a look at what some of these are. So, Doom Eternal, we already know what that is. That's coming October 1st. Drake Hollow, which is a cooperative action village building game set in the Hollow, a blighted mirror of our world in which players build to defend villages of dark of Drake's, the lovable local vegetable folk. Uh, you can play this solo or with friends. Um, and it's coming October 1st as well to the PC version. Brutal Legend is coming October 8th. And if you don't know what that is, it's a third-person game. features Jack Black and metal music, and it actually even has Ozzy Osbourne and uh, Lemmy from Motorhead in there as well. It's a very nice homage to metal and metal genre. Um, just uh, misses the mark in a few locations. Forza Motorsport 7 coming October 8th as well. Don't really need me to talk anymore about that. And then Inkenfell, which is coming October 8th as well, is a turn-based tactical RPG about a group of troublesome magic students. Use time-based combat mechanics to power your spells and blocked attacks. Um, explore the twisted halls of the, a vast magic school. Fight challenging monsters and bosses. Find tons of hidden travel, treasure and uncover dark secrets never meant to be found. So yeah, uh, right now, DLC coming, uh, you can pre-install the Gears Tactics DLC, which is coming to consoles, that'll be uh, coming on November 10th, Microsoft Flight Simulator World Update number 1 Japan is available now to download, No Man's Sky Origins, like I talked about last week, and the new Elder Scrolls Online, the Lost Treasures of Skyrim event, is now officially running as well. So there you go. Let's switch, let's switch gears and talk about NHL 21. I don't really talk about hockey games. I think there's only one person who listens to this podcast who is a fan of hockey, and that may or may not be Chronocide and or Nomad Eric. Anyways, NHL 21 is bringing back an ice-cold Sega Genesis Classic. Um, so EA Sports is bringing NHL, NHL 21 this year, and of course, it's going a little bit retro. The publisher is reviving the Sega Genesis Classic NHL 94. They're porting in modern teams and rosters to it, but you'll be able to play the cool re-release from the 30th October for free. There you go. Assuming you pre-order the or, the uh, all-new ice hockey simulation game, NHL, NHL, so it's coming to you free technically if you pre-order NHL 21. Uh, the main game is due to drop on the 16th of October, and the retro version is coming out the 13th, right? Is that what it said? 
Yeah, oh no, 30th. So the 30th of October is the retro version. The 16th of October is the main game. Um, this isn't the first time the country has embraced its history, uh, including the anniversary mode in NHL 14, which basically transported the three-button controls of, uh, of your into contemporary gameplay of today. Um, so EA Sports NHL came out on Twitter and said, Y'all ready for a throwback? Introducing the, nine, the NHL 94 Rewind. It's today's teams and rosters with controls and graphics from 94. You can pre-order NHL 21 and you can play it for free on the 30th of October. So there you go. It kind of looks kind of interesting. It does have some oldie-style music in it that you may or may not have just been jump-scared by. Um, but yeah, it looks like uh, it looks like it's going to be a, a bit of a fun little time. Um, and if you're a fan, if you've been playing the series since 94, this is going to be a trip down memory lane. All right, Fall Guys Season 2 is bringing more customization. You'll be able to add banners and nicknames to your character. Um, so in a video on Twitter, uh, they explained how you can add new banners. So they have like a watermelon. It's, it's, it's not really a banner. It's like an emote, right? It's an emote with a background. So you have watermelon, you have the pride flag. Um, you have, what else was in there? Um, a crown, uh, a pizza, stuff like that. And then there was also like a, a little thing you could put under your main name. So your main name would be like Fall Guys number whatever or whatever your PSN name is. And then underneath that, as a little tagline, it could read, you know, been yeeted, free hugs, uh, rookie, crown getter, stuff like that. And they also explained that if that, that special community nicknames could also be added down the line as well. Um, if, you know, this is a good, if this gets a good reception, um, it's a bit vague what qualifies for the nicknames, but uh, it's a neat reward to the community. And it, it wasn't really explained if you would get this by doing certain objectives or buying them with the coins in the game or what. Uh, it doesn't. It, it doesn't really say. But I guess we'll find out more when season two officially lands later. I believe this month, right? All right. Uh, talking more about. Uh, EA. I meant I should have put this right after the NHL thing. I apologize, but EA Play has collapsed. That's right. Once again, the amount of people going on there to download a game has caused the EA Play service to completely bug out. FIFA 21 Early Access rolled out this week with a 10-hour Early Access trial um, and it forced EA Play to go offline on the PS4. People tried to get onto the PS4 and download it, and they got messages call that said, Error, whoopsies, it looks like we've hit a snag. Please close the app and visit the website to connect with more info. Um, supposedly this was down for a pretty long time, um, but of course I believe it's back up and working now. Uh, it's just kind of crazy that the site went down because of FIFA 21. Um... But yeah, if you, if you were having troubles logging into EA Play, it should be all fixed now. Um, but there was a time when it was down on the PS4 for quite a while. Alright, so a video has appeared showing off the PS5 and PS4 comparison of Spider-Man, the Spider-Man game. Uh, it does have a lot of improvements uh, in the game. There's, there's really great new textures, lighting quality... Um, reflections as well on like buildings and stuff like that. It, there's a lot of things that look really, really nicely done in this. And I think the reflections are probably the biggest thing. You can also see from this video, which is on El Analista de Bits, Spanish. Um, you can see the whole video. It just shows off how the game is running at 60 frames per second, which is really helping with, you know, the, 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 the steadiness of the game. Um, there's lots of more people walking around on the ground. Um, and like I said, the, the, the lighting and the, the stuff like that has been really, really, really redone. And also same thing with like liquids and stuff like that. There's a lot of cool new textures done to the liquids as well. On top of all of that, they changed Peter Parker's face to look more young, I guess you would say. I don't know if it's younger or young. Personally, I like the original version of him more. It makes him look more like a nerd. It makes him look a little bit older because I feel like he needs to be a little bit older in the role that they're playing here. This version of him, it's like a Tom Holland type face where he looks young. Um, he doesn't have like as many wrinkles on his face. 
He, I mean, it looks like he's like just starting his freshman year in high school or something like that. I, I'm not feeling that. I don't, I don't know about this one. But the director of the game came out and uh, had to say a few things on Twitter, and he said, "Today's news about the new Peter Parker face model has surprised some of you, and we at Insomniac totally understand your reaction. Heck, it even took me a while to get used to Peter's new look." But as we discussed the further f- the franchise's f- future and moving to the PS5, it quickly became apparent that delivering even more believable-looking characters made finding a better facial match for actor Yuri Lothenthal, who we all love as Peter, a necessity. We care as much about his- this character as your attachment to him, so please know we didn't make this decision change lightly. As we did throughout the development of Marvel's Spider-Man, we'll continue to read your comments, listen, and always be looking for ways to improve every faucet of the game. At the, to- at the same time, I hope you can trust us that this decision is what we feel is best for the future of the franchise and our upcoming goals for this beloved Marvel character. Um, Ricky Berwick, who is pretty famous on Twitter, came out and said, If you ever need a new face, let me know. And he did a, a Spider-Man thing, which was kind of funny. If you want to check that out on the Twitters. Um, at Brian Inthitha, if you want to check that original post out. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of the new face. Um, you know, I don't know. I just, I wasn't, I, I'm not really that, like... I don't I don't like how it looks. It's it's almost like if they changed like Atreus's face and got a war randomly, you know? It's just one of those things. I don't think that they should have done it. If they were gonna do it, make it subtle, you know, maybe make him look a little bit younger, but I don't know. Maybe I uh, maybe I will get uh, used to it. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Alright. Dynasty Warriors 9 Empires has been announced for the PS5 and PS4, and it's targeting an early 2021 release which was revealed during the Tokyo Game Shows online. Um, Dynasty Warriors 9 is the hack-and-slash game that you all know and love, which is getting another Hyrule game, um, uh, as I already talked about before. Um, it's, it's it, I don't know, it, I, I'm not a huge fan of these games. Um, they're very basic in terms of, like, you run into an area, you hack-and-slash a bunch of enemies, run to a next area, hack-and-slash a bunch of enemies, and then you have to go back to that same area. Um, I don't know if they're going to change the formula at all, um, but uh, the trailer, the reveal trailer was okay. I mean, it's just a, it's just a CG trailer, so it's not something too crazy. But if you're a fan of Dynasty Warriors, that was probably a pee pissing pants pissing moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, there you go. Um, so it's going to release on PS5 and PS4 in early 2021. And, like I was saying, the new Breath of the Wild version of Hyrule Warriors, which is called Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, is coming out. And if you own a copy of Breath of the Wild, players will receive a bonus training sword in Hyrule Warriors. If you don't remember from, I think it was two episodes ago, uh, the Lucky Ladle was a pre-order bonus. And now if you own Breath of the Wild, you get the training sword for free. Um, this item may become available as paid DLC at a later time. If you have saved data from Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild on your Nintendo Switch system, you acquire the training sword in-game bonus. Kind of like the ladle, this is probably going to be something that's just kind of more funny than anything else. I don't know who would actually really want to use a ladle or a sword, but, um, depending on how the game works, it might be good to, like, scrap and then craft something else with the, with the, with the bits. I don't know. Whatever. Um, I guess it's interesting. I don't know. I th- I feel like if I feel like if you own Breath of the Wild, they should give you something like a little bit cooler. Yeah. What? Why do I know? I'm not a game developer. And finally, today, Assassin's Creed Valhalla has gotten a news story trailer. If you want to check it out, it's on Assassin's Creed um, YouTube channel. It shows off some cinematics, but it also shows off a lot of normal gameplay. And I think they really did a good job of improving facial animations and stuff like that. Now, we didn't really see too much of the in-game content, but it looks like they have been working on improving some of the things that I was kind of concerned about. As I said last week, uh, I'll probably be end up getting this game day one anyways, no matter what, if I have a PS5 or a PS4. It is still coming the 10th of November. Um, but, uh, there was a bit of roughness to the Assassin's Creed Valhalla trailers in the past, and now it's looking to be like it's coming together quite well, uh, with these in-game cutscenes that they're showing off, and there's just a small, tiny bit of actual gameplay, and they're not much, though. 
But they showed off, you know, some of the story elements. So essentially, this dude from a faraway land, who is obviously a Templar, is coming. And he tells the Nords to go to England and pillage and raid and, you know, have fun. Because there's a lot of land there to conquer. And essentially, they're kind of showing off how, you know, each of these... Uh, there's like a bunch of tribes, not tribes, but a bunch of, uh, you know, states and stuff like that, that, uh, you, you're, you're, you're going to, uh, try to take over, pillage, burn, whatever you want to say. Um, and of course this is all going to lead into some other deeper thing, <laughs> story thing. Um, they didn't really show, like they showed the assassin's blade a little bit. But they didn't really show anything Templar related, even though the guy who got off of that ship at the beginning of this trailer definitely it has to be like a Templar. So I'm wondering if he gives him an Assassin's Blade or a Templar Blade, and that's and then and the Templars use the the the, the Norsemen to take over England, and that's how they root their, themselves into power in England. It's going to be pretty interesting to see if that is true. If that is true, uh, because that would be that would actually be pretty interesting um because as if you've played any of the assassin's creed games you know that italy was taken over by templars but also england was also in, in the assassin's creed syndicate they they've been in power there for a while and even they i think they hinted at it uh in assassin's creed unity as well so if you want to check out that trailer it is on the assassin's creed official youtube channel and uh, this has actually kind of made me a little bit less pessimistic about the game. I'm actually a little bit interested in this now. Um, and hopefully uh, they'll keep putting out things like this. Um, so yeah, there you go. And it is it is a launch title for the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. Um, if you can't wait, it will be coming to the, the PS4 and, P and the uh, Xbox One, at the, I believe, on the same day. Um, but yeah. There you have it, folks. We've done it. We've done it again. Do you want to hear me talk about Cockhead? Tune in next week. Probably, actually, I probably won't talk about it, but it's a game that should never have been made. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Ferret64. I hope you enjoyed. If you want to check out my other podcasts, I do. There is Film Freaks with a Z. We talk about movies. Uh, the last episode was about en Encino Man, and the next episode is about October Sky, if you want to check that out when it comes out next weekend. Uh, also, I run a podcast called Fubar Ferret. It doesn't get updated much, but it is there if you want to listen to it. Also, I stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Ferret. Check me out when I'm playing these games. Uh, new content coming soon. I bought a green screen. I have lots of ideas. I don't know if I'll be able to implement them, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try my darndest. All right, once again, thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to listen to the last episode, the bonus episode, uh, just stick around uh, and listen to that. Good start or bad start, NFL edition, the second anniversary, the second annual. Uh, so once again, big thanks to Nomad Eric and Greedy Waffles for joining me on that episode, on that bonus episode. Another episode of this podcast will be coming out the same time next week. So if you want to, make sure you check it out. I'm Yummy the Ferret. This has been Ferret64, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.